Oh yeah, let's get right at it today. We are beginning something brand new. I think you're really going to like it. We're going to answer, I believe, a lot of questions people have about God. And you know the category we call, what do we call the category where people want answers about God? You know what I call it? Theology. We're going to take a look at some things about God that are going to answer, I think, a lot of our questions. For instance, we're going to take a look at the justice of God. And what part does that play in our life? We'll see the grace of God. We'll be talking about predestination. Oh, that's a good one. The Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and a whole lot more. It's all coming up. Brand new series. We're going to take one a day. Today we're going to talk about the holiness of God. That's important. You know why? I don't think a lot of people understand the holiness of God. They become very familiar, very passive, very indifferent. We've got to see God for who He is in His holiness. Oh yeah. Here He comes. You know, like I said, there's a lot of things to learn about God. We call these attributes or characteristics, qualities. When we understand these attributes of God, you know what it does? It enhances our relationship with Him. And the more we know Him, the more we love Him, and the more we trust Him. See, that's what's in our relationship with God. Knowing Him, loving Him, and trusting Him. That's the basis of our relationship with Him. Of the many attributes of God, and I don't, I'm not saying one is greater than another, they're all great, but I really believe the attribute of holiness is of vital importance to understand. So buckle up, and we're going to get right into it. Let's define holiness. What is it? When we talk about the holiness of God, what are we talking about? Well, the Hebrew word is kadash. And you know what it means? Literally, the root word means to cut or to separate. It means to be holy, but holiness involves with it a separation. You know, something that makes it different from others, like the temple. The, t the Jewish temple was a holy building. It was separate from all other buildings. The Sabbath day was a holy day, separate from the other six days of the week. Um, the fourth of the Ten Commandments tells us in Exodus 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. That means to keep it separate. Okay? We have holidays today, and what are they? They're days that are separate from the normal days. We've got the 4th of July, we've got Christmas, we've got Easter, we've got Veterans Day. And so we've got all kinds of holidays where they're separate from the regular days of the year. The Greek understanding of the word is the word hagiadzo. And combined with the Old Testament understanding, it speaks of a moral or religious quality. Hagiazo is what makes us a saint. We're saints, separate from other people. 
Not saints because we have halos over our heads, because we don't. But saints meaning we are separate. God has separated us from those in the world that do not yet know him. I like to think of it that way. I like to think of the people that don't know God. They just don't know him yet. And hopefully and prayerfully, they'll come to know him. So the idea is that it speaks of a relationship between God and a person, even God and a thing. Holiness is a relationship between God and a person, or it could be God and a thing, like we said, a building like the temple, the tabernacle, a special day, okay? Secondly, the nature of holiness. The scriptural idea of God's holiness is twofold. Number one, and this is how we need to see God. He is absolutely distinct from all his creatures, and he's exalted above them. God, (laughs) there's none like him. No. That's what makes him holy. There's none like him. I mean, some people believe there's thousands of gods, millions of gods. No, there's just one. And at that, he is. And the beautiful thing Not only is he is, if that makes sense, but he reveals his holiness to us. God only, God not only exists, but he reveals his existence to us in his attributes. For instance, what makes up God's holiness? Mercy, love, grace, forgiveness, justice, wrath. All of these things reveal his holiness. It distinguishes him from all others and assigns majesty to him above all others. So God is distinguished from and above all. Yep, he is holy, separate and unique. Now, no one has ever personally witnessed the mercy, love, grace, forgiveness of God until Jesus came. Jesus kind of brought it home for us. Because he came to reveal the Father. Through Jesus, we have a real good understanding of who God the Father is. Jesus said in John 6, 46, Not that anyone has seen the Father, because no one has. Right? He's a spirit. Angels in heaven, they have a sense of God, but we never did. So Jesus said, Not that anyone has seen the Father. Oh, wait, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Who's he talking about? himself. (laughs) He's talking about himself. He said, I saw God. I saw my father. We were in heaven together. I have come to show him to you. You want to know what God the Father's like? Look at me. You want to know what God the Father has to say? Listen to me. You want to see the power of God? Watch me. It's all in Christ. In John 14, verse 9, Jesus said to Philip, He who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, the same attributes that are in God the Father are in the Lord Jesus. And whether Jesus was forgiving the woman caught in adultery or driving out the money changes out of the temple court, he was acting in the Father's holiness. Oh, I like that. 
See, holiness doesn't mean quiet, meditative unconsciousness. <laughs> holiness means separate and distinct. It means set apart. And that can include many uh, emotions, revelations. It can include, like we saw, forgiveness. And it can include anger at the money changes. Remember when Moses came down from the mountain and the Jews got Aaron to, to construct for them a golden calf and God wasn't too happy and Moses kind of took that unhappiness and pronounced it on the people. So holiness doesn't mean, you know, it's just this pious quietness. No. Holiness is much more than that. Moses wrote a song. You know what he called it? <laughs> the Song of Moses. <laughs> he named it after himself. But we find it in Exodus 15, verse 11. And it goes like this. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness. Awesome in praises. Working wonders. So Moses understood the holiness of God. Oh, yes, he did. That's why he gave his life to serving him, because he knew God was unique, special, above all others. Hannah, she prayed in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. She said, there is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no, one's be there is no one besides you, nor is there any rock like our God. Hannah understood the holiness of God. See, that's why we need to understand God's holiness. You know why? It'll draw us closer to Him. For those that don't see the holiness of God, they remain aloof or indifferent. It could even lead to dishonor or disrespect. Oh, the holiness of God. We really need to tap into it. You know, think of the modern church today. I don't see a lot of respect for the holiness of God in the modern church. I really don't. We don't see much prayer. We don't see much reverence for God. A lot of the songs that are sung, they're about people. They're not about God. They're about what we're going to do. This is how we fight our battles. You know, stuff like that. I'm going to raise a hallelujah. Now, what about worship is about God. It's to God. And it's for God. There's a difference between worship and Christian songs. We need to bring worship back into the church. Because that's what magnifies the holiness of God. So, we have to gain the same vision that these Old Testament saints had of God. And like I said, that will garner greater respect for him. Notice how Isaiah saw God. Isaiah 57, 15. His name is holy. He says, God's name, it's a holy name. Now, in the Old Testament, name signifies character. So what Isaiah is saying is, the character of God is holy. It's not just his name, it's his character. The whole being of God is holy. Why was Isaiah such a great man, a great prophet? Because he saw the holiness 
of God. You want to become great? See the holiness of God. God said in Hosea, here we are in the Old Testament, chapter 11, verse 9, for I am God and not man. I'm the Holy One in your midst. Even God calls himself holy. Why? Because he is. He knows who he is. That's not a bragamony. It's who he is. He says, I am holy. I am separate. I am distinct from all others. And you know the beautiful thing? (laughs) He called us into a relationship with him. I'm like, are you kidding me? God, you did that for us? You called us into a relationship with you. You get all those beautiful angels in heaven. And yet you called us. Made from the dust of the ground. We got issues. (laughs) We got baggage. We got stuff going on that's not right. And you want a relationship with us. That's incredible. Maybe that's why the prophet Malachi said in Malachi 3.2, Who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? He is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. See, that's another aspect of God's holiness, that the unholy, the unrighteous, will not be able to stand before the holiness of God. That's why you got to be righteous. Oh, how do I get righteous? I believe in the Lord Jesus as my Savior. God makes me righteous. And then I can stand before God. But the unrighteous will not be able to stand before the Lord when he returns. Oh, man, when Jesus comes back, the unrighteous, and maybe those that are ignorantly arrogant now, they will not be able to stand when the Lord returns. got a picture in Revelation 6, verse 12. John's vision. He said, I looked, and when he broke the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind and the sky was split apart like a scroll when it's rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of their places and here it comes and then the kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks and the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. They're hiding from God. You know why? For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Oh, it's the holiness of God. See, in God's holiness, there is love and grace and forgiveness, and there's also wrath and terror. 
and fear. That's who God is. But our relationship with God through Christ has made us holy. We have no fear. We're not afraid of God because Christ has made us holy and our holiness brings us into a relationship with God and he calls us friends. I like that. He calls us friends. But those without his holiness, they can have no relationship with him. So how important is it for people to have the holiness of God? (laughs) It's like the most important thing. Because the day is coming, recorded in Revelation 20, verse 11, where John said, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat upon it, from whose presence earth and heaven fled away. Oh, and no place was found for them. Wow. The great white throne. And this is because God's holy holiness has moral attributes. He can have no communion with sin or evil. And people that have not been redeemed through the shed blood of Christ are still in their sins. And it's just impossible to have a relationship with a holy God. It's just impossible. So that has to change. And it's through faith in Christ and his work on the cross that all of this changes. That's all it takes. That's it. That's all it takes. You know what Job said? Sure you do. Job 34, verse 10. Therefore, he said, listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do wickedness and from the Almighty to do wrong. Job understood that whatever God did, it was always right. Now, here's a man that just went through nine months of tremendous suffering. Lost his children, lost his crops, lost his servants, lost his livestock, his health. All stripped away. And yet he still said, God can do no wrong. Wow. How'd you like to be like that? How'd you like to be the kind of a person that no matter what is allowed in your life, you can look to God and still say, God, you can do no wrong. Job was like that. Job was that. So, used in this sense, the word holiness points to God's majestic purity. You know, when Jesus sits on the great white throne, his purity is going to be so bright that the unregenerate will not even be able to look at him. will be blinded by the light. Remember that song? Who was that? Manfred Mann? Blinded by the light. Well, that's probably what's going to happen. God's holiness is not negative. You know, it's not a negative thing. It's positive. It includes moral excellence. That's what God's holiness is. Moral excellence. We react to God's moral excellence through a consciousness of sin. That's how we know God is morally excellent, because we get convicted when we do wrong. Because if it wasn't for God, there'd be no immorality. Where does immorality come from? From the conscience. 
And if we're made in the image of God, well, that's where we get the conscience. If we evolved from jellyfish, we wouldn't have a conscience. There'd be no morality. Everything could, people could do whatever they want. Close the jails. Get rid of the laws. Who needs them? Why? Because we're just evolving species. Morality comes from God. That's the evidence of God. Sometimes I see posts on, on social media. Read this. This is evidence of God. I'm like, I don't need that. I don't need to read anything. I don't need to watch a TV show about the evidence of God. <laughs> I, I, I get enough evidence. It's in his word. It's built into me. It's built into humanity. We have a moral conscience. And that speaks of a moral creator. So when we get convicted, it's, it's a sign, yes, that God is holy. And at that moment, we are not. Isaiah said, woe is me. I am ruined because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. See, he only saw his sinfulness when he saw God. That'll reveal it. <laughs> That'll reveal it every time. Maybe that's why some people don't want to go to church. They don't want to see this sinfulness. But no, that's wrong. Christ paid for that. Go get the forgiveness. It's waiting for you. Lastly, let's take a look at the manifestation of God's holiness, how he reveals it. Because no one can stand before God, he has called his people to be holy in their relationship with him. See, once we become holy, now we can run with God. To the Old Testament Jews, he said to them in Leviticus 11, For I am the Lord, who brought you up from the land of Egypt to be your God. Thus, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now, what does that mean, God wants them to be holy? It doesn't mean he wants them to be perfect. It means he wants them to be separate. Oh, separate from what? Separate from the rest of the world. They are unique. They are distinct. That's what it means to be holy, to be set apart, to be sanctified. God made us holy the moment we got saved, and he set us apart from the world. So, in summary, what is the holiness of God? Let me give you a few points. Number one, it is God's distinction from all others. It's what makes God distinct from any other living being, his holiness. Number two, it is the driving force behind his attributes, such as mercy, love, grace, forgiveness, justice, oh, his wrath, yeah, yeah, and many others. See, those that are righteous through Christ, God will pour out his love. But those that remain unrighteous for rejecting Christ, God will pour out his wrath. But they both make up his holiness. Thirdly, God's holiness is the basis of anyone having a relationship with him. Because he's holy, we have to be holy. And again, it doesn't mean we're perfect, because who is? Not me. And neither are you. But it means we're set apart. The Holy Spirit inside of us has 
set us apart for God. We're sanctified. That's what that means. Fourthly, holiness is the way of life God has required of his people and the Old Testament and the church age. Holiness now becomes a way of life. And again, what is holiness? I'm not walking around with my hands folded in prayer. No, it means I'm living a life separate from the unregenerate and living a life before God. That's holy. I'm separate and I'm distinct. I have different values. I have different norms. I have different standards. I have different goals. I have a hope, a hope in Christ. By this, God's holiness is manifested to the world and the lives of his people. Think about that. See, the people in Jesus' day saw God's holiness in Christ. Well, he's in heaven now. So the people in our day see God's holiness in us. Oh, that's why Paul said, don't be conformed to this world in Romans 12 but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, don't don't look like an unbeliever if you're a believer. Look like a believer. Look like someone that loves God. Look like someone that has their faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Look like someone that wants to earn rewards and bring glory to God, that wants to discover their spiritual gifts and serve God and live their life for the kingdom of God. Look like that. Don't live a life of self-service, but live a life of serving others. Look like that. Look different. Look unique. Look separated. That's what it means to be holy. I'm looking different from everybody else. And you know what? You know why I'm looking different? Because I'm acting different. I'm living different. I'm thinking different. That's what I'm doing. Everything starts with the thinking. And as I start thinking about God, then I start thinking about myself. Okay, we're on the beginning of the roller coaster. Next time, oh, this is a good one. The justice of God. You have to understand God's justice. You really do. These attributes, they're so important. And God's justice is going to answer some questions for you as well. Okay? So be sure to join me next time as we study the justice of God. Are you in the Hope Club yet? What are you waiting for? Get a devotional. Every Monday through Friday, you'll get a devotional in your email box, and you'll help us to stay on the radio. $3 $3 a week, you can do that. Go to newhopecc.tv, click giving, e-giving, choose radio fund, fill out the info, boom, you're in. And I'm out. We'll see you next time.